Welcome to Christian Life Church Podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. I don't know if you know this, but um, a great preacher called Martin, Martin Lloyd-Jones preached, I think it was for 15 years, on the book of Romans. 15 years. So, Becca, in 15 years' time... <laughs> In 15 years' time, <laughs> please take us into the presence of God. Rescue this, this church meeting. And uh, we just pray. Let's reach a hand towards Pastor Becker. Lord, we thank you for this young lady's heart. It's vigilant and fiery and fierce in the things of the Spirit. We just pray, Lord God, that the anointing that's on her would become very apparent to her. As she begins to minister. And Lord let there be breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. As she opens our eyes and our hearts and our minds. To the greatness of the God that she loves so diligently. Father we ask a great touch upon her now. And a touch upon ourselves. As we come around your word in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I just whispered that was a good prayer. <laughs> Okay, so um, for those of you that were here last week, um, hopefully you remember that we spoke about living beyond ourselves. Nod if you were there and remember that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Um, so last week we <laughs> we talked about the idea of posturing ourselves as lambs amongst wolves. This idea that to live beyond ourselves um, for the kingdom means to imitate Christ himself and, well, Christ laid his life down for people. And then we talked about how to live beyond ourselves is to die to ourselves daily, to see the need and fill the gap. Is this all coming back to your memory? Yeah, good. And we talked about how living beyond yourself starts in the presence of Jesus. It were good, wasn't it? Yeah, it were all right. It were all right. So we're going to carry on that conversation today and so I've titled it Living Beyond Yourself Part 2. <laughs> that took me so long to work out. I'm so creative it's unreal. <laughs> um, so if you've got your Bibles, Matthew 14. Matthew 14. And it, I'm going to be looking at from verse 22 to 36. What I'm going to do is I'm going to explain the story and then um, I'm going to pick out the verses along the way. Is that all right? Um, you don't have a choice, really. So, yeah. Um, okay, so it's a very familiar story of when Jesus walks on the water. And in this story, we see that Jesus um, encourages the disciples to go in the boat ahead of him. And Jesus spends some time praying and then there was a bit of a storm going on, and um, in the middle of the storm, Jesus decides to walk on the water, as you do, towards the disciples. And um, they were terrified, and they thought it was a ghost. And, um, and Jesus says, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. And then we see that Peter steps out the boat and walks on the water towards Jesus. 
And then he sees the storm around him and he starts to sink. And it says that immediately Jesus reached out and pulled him up and said, you of little faith, why did you ever doubt? It's an incredible story, isn't it? Yes, it is an incredible story. <laughs> um, and so we're going to use this passage to look at what it means to truly live beyond ourselves. Um, okay, my first point is living beyond yourself is pressing in to the voice of the Spirit. Living beyond yourself is pressing in to the voice of the Spirit. Verse 25, let's read it together. It says, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. I can't say that without thinking it sounds ridiculous. It's a ghost. <laughs> but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Peter stepped out of the boat, not because he saw Jesus, but because he heard the sound of his voice. He stepped out of the boat, not because he saw him, but because he heard the sound of his voice. How are we ever going to live beyond ourselves if we're not pressing in to what the Spirit sounds like? How are we ever going to know what it is that we're called to? How are we ever going to look beyond ourselves if we're not first and foremost pressing in to what the Spirit sounds like? Um, all, all week I've been hearing um, this song and it says, If you're calling we're coming. We're not walking, we're running. And it's this idea that when Jesus speaks to me, that I'm going to do the things that he asked me to do. But first we need to know the Spirit's voice. So many of us want to live beyond ourselves, but we don't know what we're called to or what we're supposed to be doing because we don't recognize his voice. Um, and the thing about the Holy Spirit, I don't know if you've noticed this, is that it's not a loud shout, although we would like that to be the case. But he comes in a whisper really gently to speak to the real depths of our being. And I think he does that because he wants us to be in close intimacy with him. If he shouted things to us, we could be from a distance. I find that he chooses to whisper because that way we're close to his heart. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor. Um, so many of us are attuned to so many different voices. You know, I, I feel sorry for young people, to be honest, because it must be hard for them. They're surrounded by so many op opinions. So many people, people have um, a thought on how they should live their life. You know, social media, TV, friends, teachers, parents, <laughs> everyone's pastors, everyone's got an opinion about everything. And for all of us, we're listening to so many different voices every day. And in the midst of what feels like chaos, we have to tune in to what the Holy Spirit is saying. But so many of us are missing what he's saying because all we can hear is the noise around us. So how do, we, how do we do it? How do we press into the voice of the Spirit? Well, um, I've noticed that 
time and time again in the Gospels, Jesus would go off on his own to pray. Jesus, who is God, would go off on his own to pray. And I'm always drawn to this simple fact that if Jesus did that, how much more must we? If Jesus did that, how much more must we? And in chapter 14, um, it says that, it talks about how John the Baptist had been killed. And so news came to Jesus. And Jesus tries to get alone to pray. He wants to be alone with the Father. He wants to be in a quiet place. And he tries to do that. But then he has compassion on crowds of people and performs the feeding of the 5,000. But here at the start of this passage, I think he sends the disciples off in the books. He wants time alone to pray. Um, you know the Licky Hills? Yep, we do know the Licky Hills. <laughs> There's this really nice spot. You know with where the castle is? Yeah, yes, yes. There's this really nice spot, and there's loads of benches, and it overlooks Birmingham. You know where I mean, don't you? It's lovely. It's really nice. And um, in the summer, and then like in the autumn, all of the seasons, um, <laughs> I felt really drawn to go there. And every time I went, I just met with God. You know, that was just that was just my time with God. I just met with God there. And I think it's probably to do with the fact that, you know, I'm not on my phone. I'm not distracted. I'm not thinking about much other than the view's nice. <laughs> um, and so that's my quiet time with the Lord. Like, that's where I tend to go. And um, in saying that, I'd not been for a while. <laughs> and the last two weeks, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you know, let's go. Let's go there. Let's go to the Licky Hills. And then... It looked like it was going to rain. So I was like, oh, no, better not. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> I was like, eventually this week, I was like, no, I'm going to go. And so I went and I sat down on this bench and it was freezing, but it was nice. And I said to the Lord, I said, why did you bring me here? And I felt, and it was, it genuinely was like a little whisper. And I felt him say, I'm jealous for you. I'm jealous for you. And um, it really moved me, and it made me kind of realize a little bit in that moment what it's really all about. And we get so occupied by so many things, but actually, truthfully, you know, our primary aim is to be loved by God and to love. And um, in that moment, I realized that, you know, God doesn't just want a piece of me, he wants all of me. And if you're like me and you're aware of your own brokenness and failures and stuff like that, then, you know, that might feel a bit daunting. But I've come to believe that God in his tenderness and um, genuine compassion for us wants all of us, not just a bit of us, all of us. And he's jealous for us. And so when we give our time and attention to other things, Jesus is saying, I'm jealous for you. I'm jealous for you. I want to be alone with you because I'm jealous for you. You know, maybe we come into the presence of Jesus feeling like it's a chore or feeling like if I enter the presence of Jesus, I'll get something. But the truth is, is that first and foremost, it's just to be with Jesus. 
because he is jealous for us. Um, I also felt him say to me, you needed this. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right, I did. Because sometimes you need to get away from the noise and the chaos of life to see things from a different perspective. And you find that perspective in the presence of God, often in times when you're on your own and it's just you and him. You needed this. It was nice. And so every day, and I mean every day, we need to find time to be alone with Jesus, to sit quietly with no agenda, just to be, just to enjoy his presence. That's what we're called to do. And you'll find that living beyond yourself comes easy when you're in the presence of Jesus because your eyes are not on yourself. Peter recognized the sound of his voice, but he also recognized the words that he spoke. Um, It says in John 14, verse 26, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now, Jesus said, it is I, don't be afraid. And that phrase, don't be afraid, is found everywhere in the Bible. You know, turn a page, you'll probably find it there. It's everywhere, don't be afraid. And throughout the Old Testament, you would see that people would step out and do something courageous. And it came hand in hand with this command, don't be afraid. And so when Jesus spoke those words, Peter knew that's the words my God would speak. He not only recognized the sound of his voice, but he recognized the words he was speaking. And so if you want to hear the voice of the Spirit, then you need to read the Bible. I know it doesn't sound profound, (laughs) but I'm not profound. (laughs) It doesn't sound profound, but truthfully, I think the Bible's lost its place in society. Maybe sometimes it's lost its place in the church, you know, in our lives. Maybe it's lost its place in our lives. The Bible is the word of God. If you want to hear the voice of the Spirit, read the Bible. Yeah. You know, um, I'm passionate about the Bible. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, I think I've got a lot... I've got to thank my parents for that, if I'm honest. Every morning I'd come downstairs and I'd see my mum in a dressing gown. I shouldn't have have said that. (laughs) I shouldn't have said that. I'd see my mum downstairs reading the Bible before the day started. You know, I saw my dad commit his life to studying the word. And therefore, I realized there was something compelling about it. You know, if you want your kids to grow up hearing the voice of God, then it starts with us actually choosing that I'm going to live my life according to the word. Um, Every Friday we do a kids club um, and it's great. I love it. And I love it because we get um, children there that aren't from church. I don't want to say that they're not Christians because I really feel like they're encountering Jesus. So I'm not going to say that. But what I am going to say is that their families don't come to church. And every Friday um, for like the last two years, we made a point to teach them memory verses. Oh, it's key, isn't it? You know, when you're younger, learn a memory verse. When you're older, learn a memory verse. 
Um, but we taught them memory verses. And um, the last few months, I felt God say to me to teach them how to pray. So we gave that a good go. And then it was teaching them how to hear his voice. And so every Friday, we create this time where they sit down and I walk them through prayer. And I get them to imagine their favorite place and then to imagine Jesus is there and, okay, start to talk to Jesus and you see that they do. And then I say, okay, now let's wait and let's see if Jesus has got anything to say. And it's amazing what the children say. And there was one girl and she was sat there and you could see she was smiling. She was closing her eyes and she was smiling because she was talking to Jesus. And I said to her after, I said, you know, were you meeting Jesus? And she said, yeah, I was. And I said, and what did he say to you? And she said, oh, you know, he told me that he loved me and that he'd never forget me. And I knew that was God because I'd read it here. You know, it, it lined up, it matched. And um, it's amazing because that's, I know that that's their favorite part of the session. And this week I said, oh, we're going to listen to Jesus for a bit. And this boy went, yes. <laughs> And I thought, that's better than some parents don't respond like that, do they? <laughs> I'm joking. That was a joke. Um, <laughs> that was genuinely a joke. <laughs> um, but from an early age, we should be teaching our children to hear the voice of the Spirit. And it starts with us setting an example of what it means to really press into the voice of God. What it means to carve out time to be alone in his presence. What it means to be found reading the scripture. That's how we're called to live our lives. Okay, point two. Living beyond yourself is stepping away from the comfortable. Stepping away from the comfortable. Okay, verse 28. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Although the disciples were in a little bit of a storm, Peter was an experienced fisherman. So really, he was quite comfortable. He knew how to handle it. He knew how to deal with the storm. He was comfortable. He was an experienced fisherman. And yet here, Peter actively chose to make himself uncomfortable. And as a result of that, he saw the power and the glory of God all because he was willing to make himself uncomfortable. Um, I've like prayed for like the last year or something yeah, that I want a life of adventure. And I've said that to Jesus. You know, I want a life of adventure, Jesus. Um, and truthfully, when you live with Jesus, it is a life of adventure. <laughs> um, but that's the life that I, I want. I want a life of adventure. And I say that to God and I pray that prayer because I know that at the same time as desiring those things, there is also this internal wrestle where I want to be comfortable. Do you know what I mean? Where you want to press into what God's saying and you want to see the signs and wonders and you want all that God's got for you. But at the same time, oh, I quite, I quite like being comfortable. <laughs> and... Um, 
and I know this about me, that from an early age, I've had to just do things that I perhaps feel nervous or fearful of doing because I know that if I'm uncomfortable, then I'm more dependent on Jesus and less dependent on myself. And um, when, I, um, when I was deciding which university to go to, um, there was an option to go to Bible college and I could have I could have gone there, um, but for me, that was a comfortable option. For me, that was comfortable because I was around Christians all the time. <laughs> it's comfortable, and I knew that it would be really uncomfortable to go to a secular university. But I knew Jesus was calling me to do that, and so I ended up going to Chester, um, which is a, a secular university, and I studied theology, and. I can honestly say that during those three years, I encountered Jesus so profoundly and the experiences I had have changed me and my life. And it all started because I was willing to make myself uncomfortable. Actually, I think, actually, I, think I was so moved by the lost when I went to university. That's where God said to me, oh, I'm equipping you for this. Um, and it started because I was willing to make myself uncomfortable. And you see, on reflection of what we talked about last week, I think some of the reasons why we don't live beyond ourselves is because we like to be comfortable. You know, we don't want to be a lamb amongst wolves because, well, we like being comfortable. We don't want to, you know, tell someone about Jesus because, well, what about if they turn around and, shout at us, well, that would make me uncomfortable. You know, I don't want to serve in that ministry because that means I might have to give up my Friday nights and that would make me uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, we've got all these excuses, but it all boils down to the fact that we like to be comfortable. We like the way that our lives look and the way that they, they are. We like habit and routine and we don't like to be uncomfortable. But we were never called to comfort. It's not, a, it's not an advert for, you know, washing powder. We weren't called to be comfortable. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, and Peter here chooses to make himself uncomfortable. And as a result, he saw something that nobody else has ever seen and nobody else has ever done. Do you guys know um, Aline Carrion? Yeah, she's a bundle of energy. And if you've not seen her, you'll have heard her. <laughs> um, and when I came to CLC, um, she was like 13, I think, 13, 14. And now she's 17, 17. And um, when I took on the role as the kids worker, um, I said to God, I said, God, I need a kids team. So give me a name, God. And it was like, Aline. <laughs> Aline. So I was like, oh, hello, Aline. <laughs> Would you like to be on the kids' team? And she was like, me, on the kids' team? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I later found out that she was really confused as to why I asked her to be on the kids' team. <laughs> um, and you fast forward to where we are today, two years on, and she knows all the kids' names. The children love her. If she's not there, the children say, where's Aline? <laughs> um, they love her. She's teaching lessons. 
She talks to me about training days. She's flying. She's found the thing that she's called to do. I look at her and I think, you're an exceptional kids worker. You know, when you just see something in someone, I look at her and I see, this is what you're called to do. It's amazing. And she, and she got to that point because she was willing to be uncomfortable. At the start, it made her so nervous. She was nervous to do the kids' work. And now she's flying because she made herself uncomfortable. You know, if we were just willing to step out a little bit, then maybe we would find the thing that God's called us to do. Uh, Jesus has got a life of adventure waiting for us, amen. And if we'd be willing to step out of our comfort zone and say yes, then maybe we would see all that he's got for us. Um, I felt the Lord say to me a few months ago, we were in worship, and I felt him say, healings. And I was like, ooh, nice. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, well, do you want me to go tell Pastor Simon? <laughs> and I just got this sense in my spirit, ooh, the blinds are closing, that's nice. I got this sense in my spirit that um, it wasn't for now and it wasn't for here. And I was like, oh, okay. And then later that afternoon in our life group, someone got healed. And uh, Pastor Simon's like spoke to me about this, but about how, you know, the move of the Holy Spirit is going to lead us beyond the church walls. And maybe, you know, we're called to see signs and wonders in our workplace, in our home, on the street. You know, maybe that's where the move of the Holy Spirit will happen. But it starts with us being willing to be a little bit uncomfortable. You know, we want people to come to know Jesus, but we surround ourselves with Christians. We want to see healings, but we're not willing to pray for the sick. It doesn't add up. And Jesus is waiting for us to say, okay, yes, God, I'll, I'll do what you ask me to do. And I'll lay down my pride and my fear and I'll say yes to being uncomfortable. And it starts with us. You know, are we willing to say yes? If you want to see all that God's got for you, it requires you to be uncomfortable. <laughs> um, in verse 33, it says, then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. And um, because Peter was willing to step out of his comfort zone, people noticed and worshipped Jesus. And when you're willing to make yourself uncomfortable, it draws people to the truth of who Jesus is. Okay, my third point is living beyond yourself, is depending on your saviour. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And so Peter heard the voice of Jesus calling him out, and he steps out the boat, and then he looks around, and he starts to sink. And Jesus doesn't Jesus calls Peter into the chaos of the storm to stand above it. And the voice of the Spirit doesn't lead us to have an easy life necessarily. That's not what it's about. He calls us to a greater dependency on him. And it isn't about what we do. It's about who we become. It's about becoming more like Jesus. That's what it's really all about. 
And when you live beyond yourself and when you live beyond your own capability, you come to a place of total dependency on God. When you choose to go, actually, do you know what? My ability is so weak right now, but my God is so big. There's a really fascinating part of this story. So if you've zoned out, zone back in, because this is fantastic if I do say so myself. (laughs) Um, In the King James Version, it says that in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out on the lake, on the fourth watch of the night. And this is really significant because it was in the fourth watch of the night that God parted the Red Sea. Yeah. So it was in the fourth, I'll say it again because that that didn't quite get the response I was hoping for. (laughs) In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went and walked on the water. And in the fourth watch of the night, God parted the Red Sea. And I think that's significant because I think Jesus is demonstrating that the same God then that stood above creation and above the natural order is the same God here standing above the sea. He was declaring that the God who is faithful then is the God who is faithful now. And it was this profound moment where the supernatural invaded the natural. It's amazing, isn't it? God was demonstrating, this is who I am. Um, If we became more aware of who our God is, living beyond ourselves would become easy because we're less reliant on our own ability and more reliant on God. But we've limited who he is and what he can do based on our own ability. And God's saying, No, I'm calling you to a higher place to see things how I see, to live how I live, and to see actually this is who I am. Amen, hallelujah. (laughs) So it's time to stop limiting God and time to start seeing him for who he really is. And in all of this, and in his greatness and in his power and his glory, He invites Peter, a very ordinary, broken man, to come and join him where he is. In all of God's power, he extends an invitation to us to come and join him where he is. And that is love. That is the love of the Father who wants to do life with us. You know, he could do it on his own, (laughs) But he partners with us. Isn't that beautiful? That his love is, you know, passionate and um, it's powerful, but it's gentle. And it comes to us and he says, why don't you come meet me where I am? And um, in all our failed attempts to do life well, let's be honest, Jesus reaches out a hand to carry us and to sustain us through our life. And it says that immediately, as soon as Peter began to sink, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And that would imply to me that Jesus was closer to Peter than what he realized because he was able to instantly reach out a hand and catch him as he started to fall. Um. I, uh, I've always often said to God, 
can't, I can't do it, God. <laughs> you must get so tired of me. Every time he asks me to do something, I go, I can't. You know who I am. I can't. <laughs> and um, he said to me, he said to me once, he said, Becca, it's not about who you are. It's about who I am. And I'd realized, and I have to keep reminding myself, that if this was about my own ability, I would not be where I am today. <laughs> it is all about God and him choosing to want to dwell in our lives richly. And so for so many of us, we're being restricted and held to our comfort zone because we're doing life depending on our own ability. And we were never called to live that way. You alone can't heal the sick. Don't work like that. And God wants to use you for his kingdom and his glory. And he wants to show you his power and his majesty. If only we'd say yes. Yes to being uncomfortable. Yes to pressing into his spirit. And yes to depending our whole lives on who our God is and not on who we are. So in pursuit of living beyond yourself, take the hand of the one you can depend on. And he's calling you to the miraculous and to experience his glory. Shall we pray together? Why don't you just start to seek Jesus where you are? And um, Yeah, Jesus, when we've chosen to live a comfortable life, well, we just repent of that right now, Jesus. And we make a decision that that's not the way that we're called to live. And so, Jesus, I pray for, like, courage. Courage to live beyond ourselves. Courage to live uncomfortably. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us be obedient to the voice of your spirit mm. and train us and teach us, Lord Jesus, how to discern your voice more clearly in the ordinary. Do something extraordinary for us, Jesus. Teach us to be not only the people who love the spirit, but people who are willing to be led by your spirit. And your spirit always leads us to, the, to Jesus, always leads us to the word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the invitations that you're giving us 
and have given us already. Lord, let there be many more. And Lord, when we've tried to do life on our own, oh, well, we lay that down right now, Jesus. And we ask God, may we become so dependent on you, Jesus. Mm. So dependent on who you are and what you can do in and through us. We lay down our own ability. We give up trying to do it on our own, Jesus. And we ask God, may we become wholeheartedly dependent on you. Yes, Lord. And we recognize in this moment who you are. And we elevate you above our circumstances. We enthrone you in our life. We declare that you are the great I am. Amen. And therefore, we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to try it on our own. Because that's who you are, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That every time you speak, you empower. Every whisper we hear has the capacity to take us to where you are and to live and to abide in the fullness that you offer. Lord, we thank you that your word is the very thing that Peter stood on, not the water. You spoke and said, come to me. And Lord, I pray that you would speak over every heart, over every life. Say, come to me, Lord. And Lord, we're burdened and we're wearied by trying to live this life in our own strength. And Lord, we lay, we cast our crowns, we cast our responsibilities, we cast our efforts down at your feet today, Lord Jesus. And we say, Lord, everything that ever was important, anything that could ever be of value, can only be sustained and indeed supplied in your presence. And Lord, human effort will never take us where the Spirit can lead us. And so, Lord God, we ask that you would invite us out of the boat, out of the place of comfort, out of the familiar to the unfamiliar, to the adventure of standing with you on what looks impossible to us. But Lord, it's not the water that sustains us. It's your invitation. So speak, Lord, we pray. Speak. Invite us, Lord. Some of us, Lord God, have been praying for great things to happen in our lives, but we're held almost by fetters or ties or belts to the boat. Lord, I pray everyone will be broken in the precious name of Jesus, and you would release your people to adventure. You would release your people, Father, to the expansive nature and the reality of your kingdom. And Lord, the only thing that we need is to hear you speak. Come out on the water, I feel the Lord would say. If you want to walk on water, please get out of the boat. You can't walk on water in the boat. Come out of the boat. Come out of the place of familiarity. Come into the sustaining reality of a God who speaks and his word will never return to him void but accomplish what he has set it out to do. Yeah, Jesus, so we lay down every attempt at doing life on our own. And we lay down every desire for our own want and need. And we ask Jesus, may we truly live beyond ourselves. Amen. I pray, Jesus, that we'd be a people that know the word and hear your voice yeah. and seek first the kingdom of heaven yeah God would you compel us and stir our spirits 
even now, Holy Spirit, we just start to stir something in our lives, Jesus, that makes us unsettled with where we are when there's a desire for so much more. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that you know more about us than we realize. And when we arrive at that point where we're confronted with our own humanity, what we really need to see, what we really need to embrace is your divinity. You are the king of glory after all, aren't you, Jesus? And so when I arrive at the end of myself, I'm simply beginning to explore the vastness, the greatness, the heights and the depths of who you are. It's an invitation to cross over into a new dimension where the Spirit leads and God is fulfilled in his dream for our hearts that his kingdom is coming. Lord, would you help us to cross over into those places and spaces that you make available to us every moment and every day, Lord God, where we live beyond ourselves, but we live in the fullness of who you are, to move from self-reliance to God-dependence, to move away from my head knowledge to what my heart really longs for, which is adventure and fullness. And Lord Jesus, you promised me that. You said that you have come, that I should have life and life in all its fullness. God, don't let me, don't let my smallness, don't let my fear, don't let my anxiety, don't let my comfort rob you of the dream you have for my life to fulfill your deepest longing to see me rise in the fullness of the knowledge of God. Lord, we ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand for a moment? The fourth watch of the night, just in case you're wondering, is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. It has, for many, many reasons, been considered the most spiritual time in our day because not only is it a time of awakening where the purposes and the plans and the Spirit of God begins to engage with His people, but it's also a time whenever the demonic forces and the demonic realms come to a place of settling down after what's happened in the night. So is there anybody here who gets woken regularly after three? Okay, give me a wave if that's you. It's quite common. For Christians, if you get waking around the three, you know, I was for many, many months woke up at 10 past three, probably about three months every morning. I thought it was my bladder and I eventually realized it was the Holy Spirit that God was trying to teach me something and he wanted me to watch. And what he means by that is not look out the window at what's happening on the street, but actually take my spiritual eyes and begin to posture my heart before God and ask of him. Um, what he wants to do that day. And I found that it created all kinds of great momentum to prepare for the day ahead. So if you're receiving those invitations, you don't need to get out of your boat, just get out of your bed. Okay, there's no water unless you go to the bathroom. <laughs> You're going to be okay. I, wanna, I feel like compelled I need to tell you something that, that for me has been a, a, a fresh lesson this week. I've been in Geneva um, just over the border into France, working with a, a, a number of churches who want to um, see the kingdom expanded. And um, I, I was with the pastor um, 
in his home. They let me stay with them, which was lovely. But on the way back from a long day, the first day, he said something to me, and it troubled me. He said this. He said, how come you didn't prophesy today? Now, my understanding was that I was going out there to teach other people to prophesy. And so I quantified and qualified that by responding with that statement. But you know, the Holy Spirit would not let me rest at that conclusion. And so as I prayed to the, the later part of the day, I said, God, wh why, why has he mentioned that? And I realized something. I realized that sometimes in our lives, things that we have flowed in in God. Do you remember those times when you had such a courage and now you're weighing up all your options? Do you remember that? Do you remember those times when you just would speak about Jesus? Do you remember that? He never thought, do they want to hear? Do they not want to hear? It was irrelevant. Do you remember you were so in love that everywhere you went, you talked about what Christ was doing in your life? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You see, that's the birth into the kingdom. That's natural. That's supernaturally natural. But here's what happens. Life. And before you know where you are, the world you were invited to has shrunk to the world you can navigate. Does that make sense? And your greatest priority is not to look a fool or to do anything that in any way would jeopardize your safety. And, you know, as God began to speak to me, I thought, it's a, it's a phrase I've used many times. I'm not having that. Have you ever just said before God, I'm just not having that? Come on, talk to me. I can go home and be ignored. Yeah, I'm not having that. Have you ever just said, that's not right? And so I began to pray and I said, God, what do you want me to do? And this is the simplest thing ever. He said, just walk in it. Stop overthinking it. Stop trying to understand it. Stop trying to reconcile it. Just walk in it. Well, you know, you can guarantee pastors, they're, they're without limits. The next morning, as he made me cappuccino, he said, Is this going to be a day when the prophet will prophesy? No pressure, huh? No pressure. And um, I said, yes, it is. And so we went to the meeting. And uh, before we could even start the worship, God was giving me words of knowledge over people. The Spirit of God was moving. People were crying. People were receiving something. You see, when we say greater is he who is in you, What we need to understand is he's not lying dormant in our lives. And there may have been circumstances and situations that have reduced us to that. But I say, awake, Spirit of God, in me, that I may live in the fullness that you have created and called me to. I awake him by my faith that he will do. And as we step towards a new week and a new day and a new experience of God, Be who you're supposed to be to the glory of God. Don't allow people to confine it, restrict it, marginalize it, or control it. And anyway, you're not in control of any of this. And safety is not your friend. Not when you've been created for adventure. Not when God has designed you to have the blood pumping in your veins so powerfully that you feel wide awake and incredibly alive. That's why Jesus came. So activate what God has already placed inside of you. Don't wait for the invitation. Be your own invitation and say, God, this is who I am and this is who I'll be. Now, Father, would you bless us? Grab someone's hand. If you don't know them, introduce yourself. It could be tricky. <laughs> Look that person in the eye and say this. 
live your best life with and for Jesus this week. Take every opportunity that God affords you. Pray that the ear, the ear of the heart would be open to the invitation of the Spirit. And pray that they have the boldness and the courage and the confidence in Christ to walk towards that which God has invited them to. Pray against any retreating to comfort, for this is a season of disruption for the body of Christ, where God is opening up new wells of blessing and fullness. And pray that they'll have a testimony that they met Jesus outside the boat. In Jesus' precious name, God bless you, church. Have a great week. God bless you.